Welcome back to the OGB Weekly Sports Podcast, hosted by Jake Stewart and Jack McKenney. Let's get you started off with some recaps. The men's soccer team returned to the pitch this past week. They won their biggest game of the season and fourth in a row against number 5 Virginia Tech at Spry Stadium. Wake Forest opened the scoring through sophomore Jalane Forbes. Forbes scored in the 35th minute with a chip over Virginia Tech goalkeeper Ben Martino. It was Forbes' first goal of the season and the second of his Demon Deacon career. The Hokies answered in the 51st minute off Connor Pugh to tie the game up at 1. Four minutes later, senior Kyle Holcomb answered off a stellar cross from Hoje Kojima. Freshman Roald Mitchell put the game away for good in the 76th minute. He scored his third goal of the season, and the Demon Deacons won 3-1. to And the Demon Deacons have been on a roll as of late, as they have won their last four games by a combined score of 12-2. to After his goal... Kyle Holcomb cemented himself in the top 10 in all-time career goals in Wake Forest history. The Demon Deacons outshot the Hokies 15-10. The Demon Deacons' second top five win of the year moves them to eight wins, four losses, and one tie on the season. They have now beat the Hokies 12 consecutive times at home. Women's soccer lost to number 8 Duke in the pink match for breast cancer awareness. They were the fifth-ranked team that Wake has played this year. They are 1-3, 1-3-1 and three. One, three and one on the season. Third ACC loss on the season for the Demon Deacons and their first home loss since September. Duke goals were scored at the 7th and 22nd minute by Michelle Cooper and Tess Bode. Wake had six shots on goal and Duke had 11. Both teams had three corner kicks. Coach Deleuze after the game said, I thought Duke was an awesome team and I think they are the best team in the country. Coaches one of only 10 coaches in Wake Forest history across all sports to win 200 games at the helm of the Demon Deacons. Field hockey played two games this weekend, one at home against number 10 North Carolina on Friday and the other at Davidson on Sunday. In game one, the 15th-ranked Demon Deacons fell to the Tar Heels 1-0. The only goal was scored in the 13th minute by Siana Ricardo. Wake Forest goalkeeper Tori Glaster made a career-high eight saves in the loss. Wake Forest rebounded in Game 2 against Davidson 5-0. to zero. Hannah Maxwell led the Deeks with her second hat-trick of the season. She now has seven goals on the year. Eleanor Wynets and Grace Sambrook each scored their first goals on the season, and the Demon Deacons outshot the Wildcats 25-0. to zero. Demon Deacons goalie Tori Gleister notched her sixth win of the season, while junior Sloan Eisen made her Wake Forest debut behind the pipes in the third period. The defense stepped up with a shutout for the first time since March, and the Demon Deacons have held their five straight opponents to two goals or less. Number 13th-ranked women's golf finished first in the Ruth Chris Tar Heel Invitational, hosted by North Carolina, against 19 other teams. Wake Forest won the tournament by 10 shots, and Rachel Kuhn won the individual title at 11-under. She shot 205 through three rounds and tied the third lowest total in tournament history. The junior from Asheville set the women's course record, Wake Forest 18-hole record, and the tournament single-round record on Saturday with a bogey-free 9-under par 63. The Deeks had four players finish inside the top 21 in the individual standings. Sophomore Mimi Rhodes finished tied for 14th and has now finished inside the top 15 in all three events so far this season. Freshman Carolina Chikara finished tied for 16th, her second finish of the season inside the top 16. 
The Demon Deacons came into the tournament ranked 13th and figure to move up when the new poll is released on Wednesday. We now head to the track. The Wake Forest men's team plays 15th out of 40 teams, and the women's team placed 17th out of 33 in the pre-nationals invitational at Appalachia Regional Park. Zach Faconi's 22nd place paced the Deacons to a top 15 finish against national powerhouse programs. He finished with a time of 23 minutes and 25 seconds, which matched his best time at this course. Caroline Milnar notched the best finish for the women with a time of 20.36. She placed 43rd out of a field of 246. The women's volleyball team split a pair of matches at the LJVM Coliseum this weekend. They took down Notre Dame on Friday, three sets to zero, and then lost to number two Louisville on Sunday, three sets to one. In game one, the Demon Deacons picked up their first three-set sweep of Notre Dame in pro-game history. The Deeks were led by Ashley Slater's 13 kills and Cameron Malloy's 11, along with Adriana Fuentes's 36 assists. In Game 2, the Wake Forest volleyball team snapped the Louisville Cardinals' 27-set win streak. The Deeks were led by Malloy, Slater, and Fuentes. Malloy t- tallied a match-high 18 kills and Slater notched 10, while Fuentes helped the offense with 31 assists. Now let's move to some previews of the upcoming sports this week. Men's football on Saturday will travel to West Point to take on the Army Black Knights. The Black Knights are 4-2 and two after a loss against Wisconsin last week. After that, the Deeks will head back to Truist Field to take on Duke for the homecoming game. After a tough loss against the number 5 ranked Duke Blue Devils, the women's soccer team will host the NC State Wolfpack on Thursday at 7. The Wolfpack are seven wins, six losses, and two ties, and led by Jamie Joseph. She is their leading scorer with seven goals on the year. After that, the Deeks will travel to the Steel City to take on the Pitt Panthers, who are eight wins and six losses on the year. The men's soccer team will look to carry momentum from their impressive win into this week, as they will take on Loyola, Maryland on Tuesday, and then they will travel to Boston to take on BC on Saturday night. Kickoff begins at 7 p.m. Following a break, the men's golf team will travel to Atlanta this weekend. They will be playing in the golf club of Georgia Collegiate Invitational, hosted by Georgia Tech. Women's golf is now in preparation for the Landfall Tradition Tournament after a tournament win last weekend. The match will take place on the weekend of October 29th in Wilmington, North Carolina. And after a huge shutout win versus Davidson, Jack Field Hockey will travel to Richmond for a two-game road stand. The Deeks will face the VCU Rams on Friday and then head to Richmond on Sunday. Men's basketball continues to move closer toward their opening tip-off, an expedition match that will take place on November 5th against neighbor Winston-Salem State. The Deeks will have their first official game on November 10th, where they will host William & Mary. The women's tennis team begins the ITA Carolina Regionals on Thursday which takes place right here in Winston-Salem. Men's tennis will also be participating in the ITA Carolina Regionals, which will start on Friday for them. We now head to our interview of the week, starring Christian Escribino and Nico Ben-Azakar. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Old Golden Black Sports Podcast. Today we're joined by Nico Benalcazar and Christian Escribano. Thank you guys so much for being here today. 
Thank you for having us. Oh, yeah, thank you for having us. Let's get right into it. So, you know, after a little bit of a tough start to the season, you know, you're coming off of the loss last season to North Carolina in the Final Four. Uh, this season you started, you lost two of the first three games, you went 4-4 four and four to start the year. You bounced back and you won five straight games, including number five, Virginia Tech. You've outscored your opponents 19-2 to two during that stretch. What has changed? I mean, I think just the buy-in of the group, definitely. I mean, early on in the, in the year, the group was super young, not a lot of experience, a lot of newcomers. So we sort of needed to like build a culture within the group. And I think after like everyone met each other, we started playing, creating relationships. I think that's when the season really starts to turn around. Yeah, just to go off that, I feel like the energy has been really good. Like, switch kind of flipped, like, practices, like, everyone's, like, present there, like, giving it 100%. Same thing on the fields. Like, I just feel like we've been connecting more as well. So, just got to go up from there. So, last five games, you guys are 5-0. and Pretty hype. Um, how do you use that momentum, carrying it in towards the postseason, ACC tournament, et cetera? You know, I mean, you got to take every game at a time. So, like, can't, like, take things for granted, I guess. But, you know, it's been good for the team. Like like I said, the energy, like, levels have been high. So it's definitely, like, helped us keep going. But, I mean, every game's a new game, so we kind of got to reset. Yeah, for sure. And as a team, you always want to, like, peak at the end of the season, hopefully yeah. make a tournament run. And I think it's probably the best thing that's happened to our team in terms of, like, creating relationships and stuff like that. Like, we're, we're at, like, an all-time high right now. So if you can just build that up, like, keep building that up and, like, moving that – throughout the ACC tournament and then hopefully the NCAA tournament, I think hopefully we can make a, a good run. I mean, this is the best time to be at an all-time high for sure. Yeah, um, but I know, so the college, the the recruiting process for soccer in general is crazy. So we had kids at my my high school who, like, didn't play for the high school team and instead they played for the their club team. And I know it's, you know, kind of a circus. How did you guys get recruited? Tell us a little about, like, the high school you went to and your club team, stuff like that. All right, so I, I live in Connecticut, and I went to Wilton High School. The soccer team there isn't the best. But, like, the thing with academy, if you play an academy team, you can't play for your high school. That's yeah. just, like, a rule. That's interesting. And so um, that's how I got recruited. Um, I was lucky enough to play on, like, a pretty decent team. So, mm-hmm. like, a lot of college coaches, coaches were scouting at, like, different tournament showcases. Yeah. And that's when they, for the most part, go out and watch you. Uh, not necessarily... We have a lot of international players on our team, so they watch them through, like, videos and stuff. Yeah, that's great. But we were lucky enough to be in the States. Like, they go to our tournaments, like I said, games, and, like, watch us in, uh, in person. And then after my junior year, I think, after August 1st, I think the rules probably changed now. Like, they're allowed to talk to you. So then after that, like, you have tons of college coaches that you're emailing them, asking them to call you, mm-hmm. someone calling you first, like, stuff like that. So I think that's, I mean, how mine went. Uh Wake was actually the first school I talked to. Wow. And then I did talk to him for a little bit, and then I, like, I guess rekindled our, <laughs> yeah. our, our talk. I mean, yeah. my, similar, my situation was, like, basically the same. I lived in, I lived in like, Frisco, Texas, so yeah. I was, like, five minutes away from the Dallas Stadium. Yeah. So I've been playing with them, like, my whole life, and then eventually, like, I think it was around seventh grade, like, I transitioned into the academy. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, made soccer my main sport. It wasn't out of, like, play for school and all that. But, but yeah, like, I think... Colleges are allowed to reach out to you like September first or your junior year or something like yeah. that. So like once that like once that date comes like rolling around like I don't know you just kind of like getting high and, like, yeah. making sure you're, like you're playing getting everything and, like at all like the showcases and um, like qualifying tournaments that you go to. Yeah, 
why did you guys decide to choose Wake? Obviously, you guys both had like a lot of options. I know one of, one of you guys had Duke right on the board as well. Is that you, Christian? Yeah. Yeah. Why Why did you guys choose Wake? Choose Wake? I mean, I think like for me personally, like the visits were like really important, kind of like huge deciding factor. Because I mean, I don't know. Just whenever I came to Wake, the guys like just being around the guys and the coaching staff, seeing like the facilities and just the campus in general. Um, I just like felt like it was a good place to be, like, felt like it was a good place to call home, and obviously, like, it's super competitive here, like, and that's kind of, like, what you're looking for to get to the next level, you know, high-level, high high-level high level players and just competitive spirit. Yeah, I'd say the same, based on, like, the competitive side. I, I wanted to play in the ACC, like, really badly, just because, like, it's the best soccer conference, mm-hmm. and then um, that with, like, my top two, I guess, for, like, Wake and UNC, and UNC has, like, 50,000 students, so, like, you just be like another one of the fifty thousand yeah. there. Like you sort of see everyone around all the time. Like you see similar faces. And growing up, like I went to a small school. My high school had like eleven hundred people, so like there wasn't that many people in the entire town. So I think just having that feeling of like a closed campus and like being able to see everyone all the time, that family feeling, it, it, it's what really brought me to wake. So you talked about the family feeling. I know this is this is a younger group this year. A couple guys have been gone. How is that? What was the process of getting everybody closer together? Did you guys have a lot of meetings, a lot of, you know, bonding time? Like, what, what was it for you guys? I think what really brought us together was losing those games, obviously. Like, as a team, you don't want to lose. But in those, like, losses, you learn so much about each other and about the group and, like, how much you can improve off what sort of happened, I guess, in those losses. Because most of our losses came to, like, average teams. Like, they weren't, like, ranked nationally or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think we took all took a step back and we're like, what can we do to help the team like as a whole? Like it, it wasn't like super selfish or anything. Like oh, I'm doing well, he's not. Like that's why we're losing. It's sort of everyone took a step back, and that's why I think as a new group, like creating a culture for the future, I think it's only like going to be improving every year. Like with uh, like the younger guys coming up. Christian, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like just to add on to that. Like obviously, like. Every year is a new team. Like, we lose players, like, get new players. But um, I think, honestly, like, I'm not sure how, like, it was before COVID. But during COVID, like, all of, like, um, our, like, at least, like, our whole entire class was, like, living together. So, like, you were constantly around the other guys, like, the whole entire group. So, like, I think that was, like, a good way to bond and connect and kind of, like, grow that, like, relationship. Awesome. Take us through a week in the life of Nico and Christian. What, what goes on, aside from, you know, yeah, tell us, tell us everything. Game day tell us included. About game, game day's day included. Okay. Should we just go, like, on our own? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we got, like, practice. Like, practice, honestly, like, switching. Oh, we'll bring you through this week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Monday morning, we had practice at 8 a.m., and then I had class at, um, or after every practice, you're supposed to ice bath, so that takes another 30 minutes or so. So we, we practiced an hour and a half, 9.30, ice bath, like, 10.00. And then I, I had class at 11 and 12, and then we had, I had lunch, and then I had, we had a pregame meal, or pregame meeting at 5, and then I had a lab at 6.30 wow. till 9.30, so that was my Monday. Yeah, I mean, same here, like, practice, rehab, uh, and then class basically from, like, 11 to 3.15, meeting after. And just go back and just does it does it change a lot for like a road trip? Is that is that a, like you have to get out a lot of classes? What what kind of goes into that? Yeah, so like tomorrow Friday we have practice in the morning, we have the ice bath, 
we then we leave for the airport at 10 30 yeah. so we're gonna miss classes tomorrow obviously we have to talk to our teachers beforehand and yeah. um they're all super cool with it obviously yeah but no, they work with us good and plus like uh the academic counselors and advisors like they're like yeah they help us out they talk to the teachers they give us like a travel letter so like we hand it to them like ahead of time like with all the dates and everything so yeah so we, yeah, we leave the airport at 10 then we get there at two ish because we used to drive to charlotte so it's like an hour and then we get to the airport we have like a pregame not a pregame we have a we have a meal like a team meal then a team meeting and we just chill for the to like for the hour we have left in the day before you go to sleep yeah um, i mean yeah. Today, what was your schedule like? Today, Tuesday, Thursdays are rough. Yeah, I mean this week's been kind of rough because like midterms, <laughs> yeah, midterms been midterms coming up. Like it's all hectic, it's it a little stressed, and then like crushing it in the B school in the library, like getting a little grinding. But yeah. do that accounting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it is like like everyone says it's always like a two time, like a full time, two yeah. full time jobs, and like honestly, like yeah. it does get hard at some points, like especially when. You're probably behind in like one class. Like you have to stay up a tiny bit, and then you won't sleep, and then you want to take a nap, and it's like a whole mess. But like it, it definitely is hard. But if you manage your time pretty well, like you should. It's definitely doable. Yeah, it's definitely doable <laughs> if you manage your time. How about playing for Bobby? Like, what, what is that like? Is he? How is he as a coach? <laughs> I mean, he's definitely hard on us. But I mean, I guess like that's kind of like what you expect out of a coach. Like, um, it's always just like pushing us to do our best, and definitely uh vocal coach like just always like in on us at practice but i mean like he pushes us to be better and uh i mean i personally feel like i've like improved here under him and uh around the other players so i mean like i've enjoyed it so far yeah i think he his presence is definitely felt within the group in terms of just like having that coach as like a leader aspect i guess um like he said he's a vocal person vocal coach and i think um Having that is pretty important as a team because you don't want like a coach not to yeah. be involved in anything. Right, right. And he sort of gives structure to everything we do. So, I mean, sometimes like like any coach, I guess it could get like annoying, but at the same time, uh, like you respect it and like you're, you're thankful for it because yeah. like he's doing it because he cares about all of us. And like Christian said, like I've learned so much in my time here just because he is he has had to coach like tons of different players before us, and like they've all gone on to do successful things so you know everything they're telling you is like for the most part pretty much like right so as long, all everything you can take from them just helps you out so. yeah i mean i was going to say like you know his legacy i mean you know yeah. what he's done like all these yeah. players that have came here and came out like yeah, that's and a lot of all the majors all those tournament runs i mean yeah that's like, pretty cool successful guy um how about playing in front of fans? How how much of a difference does it make this year as opposed to last year? You guys are both sophomores, so you guys probably speak to it a little it's bit. Junior. Junior, <laughs> junior, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I, you play so much like better, I guess. All right. You have so much more energy when you do play, when there are fans. Mm-hmm. Like our Tuesday game this past Tuesday, there was – when the stands aren't packed, like it feels a little weird just because like – you don't have that same energy, and yeah. it's a little, and during the COVID year, there was only like fifty people out to go watch, and you don't feel that same like, oh, like this is gonna be fun. It's more just like, all right, I'm playing again, like that that kind of stuff. But like our game against VTech, it was packed. Like, you just get hyped, and like everyone's super excited to play. And I, I mean, playing in front of fans is the hills rocking. Yeah, the hills rocking. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, I mean, I play defense, so I'm all the way in the back near the hill when they're screaming. It's super cool. Yeah, I mean, like they definitely motivate you, get you going, like. 
there's a foul or the ball's going out, like, you know, they're always going to be yelling, like, they're always on your side, like, <laughs> chirping the other players. So, like, Congregation yeah, up there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a fun environment. Thank you guys so much for coming today. Nico Ben Alcazar and Christian Escribano. Thank you guys again. Appreciate no, thank it. Thank you very much.